Hey there, Fright Night friends. It's that time again. Uh, welcome to Scary Movie Fright Night with Chris and Sam. This week, we're talking about The Shining. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Sam's not here this week. My name is Zachary. I live in Sam's mouth. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> and, but some for some reason, I'm also a finger. <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it. Red Let's rum. get into it. Red oh, rum. Red rum. Red rum. Blue vodka. (laughs) Let's get into it, shall we? This is Scary Movie Fright Night. A new podcast about two guys who just watch scary movies. I'm Chris, and I love scary movies. And I'm Sam, and I hate scary movies. My body just shook. Give me the (laughs) heebie No, don't. All you have to do is stay inside in your bed, and then you won't get murdered. Okay. Now you have that recorded. Okay, well, for those of you that are still here after that that wonderful intro, uh, welcome back to Scary Movie Friday Night. This week we're talking about The Shining. Uh, The theme for this week's movie that Sam chose from was My Vintage Horror. Uh, Hopefully you listened to last episode so you understand the meaning behind it. But My Vintage Horror being Chris's Vintage Horror and, and Sam chose The Shining because that was the first movie that I ever saw. Well, first, I'm sorry, horror film that I ever saw when I was three years old. Uh, I'm not going to tell the story again. If you didn't listen to the last episode, recommend go back, listen to it. Better, better get caught up. Yeah, get caught up. If you really are excited about this episode, go listen to the last 15 minutes of the last episode so you understand why uh, we chose it and then jump in and then go watch The Shining. It's only two hours and 22 minutes. Plenty of time. Oh be back in five minutes. Continue on with this episode. Yeah, there will be spoilers, so get ready. Okay. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned that the theme was Chris's vintage because I was trying to, as I was watching this movie, I was trying to think of it through the lens of the fact that it came out in in 1980. Yeah, because that, I mean, that was an important um, aspect of of what we were watching. I think, I think that that's going to be so important moving forward. Is uh, it's kind of like you mentioned in Cabin in the Woods, similarly. Um, and if you haven't watched that episode yet, go back and watch it. It's titled Cabin in the Woods. Um, or li- listen to it. Or, listen or watch to it. it. Did watch I say, it, did to I it, say yeah. watch the movie? I, yeah. You know what? <laughs> That's okay. It's fine. It's going to be one of those types of episodes. <laughs> um, but but you had mentioned, you know, there were certain parts of that movie that were dated, even though it was only yeah. like 11 years old. Right. And so I think going into this, uh, and there, I have a couple of notes, right, that of uh, uh, about this movie particularly, but going into this from a from a lens of 1980, yeah, um, it's not going to be the last movie we watch from the 80s. Uh, maybe we'll even hit something from the 70s, but but yeah, yeah, it is definitely it's definitely a lens to put on it. Yeah, I was trying to appreciate it for what it was for the time yeah. the time that it came out. Um, so you want my hot takes? Let's go. Like, yeah, what okay. do you think? Well. I think the, one of the things I appreciated most about the movie was the music. Yes. Iconic. I, the beginning. Mm-hmm. The end though. I mean, it's not something I love movie music. I would not put this on in the background while I'm trying to relax because <laughs> they do a masterful job of like the dissonance and these like yes. high, high pitched notes and they just would hold them for like minutes. And you're just like, Oh, the, the psychological effect of the music um, was pretty powerful, and I and I appreciated that. Yeah, the the music to me made it. Um, it's one of well, one of the few things that made it. Uh, but I, I have it you know, here in my notes is that 
the the score without the score it just wouldn't have brought the like intensity you know and the yeah. and the, uh, the feeling behind it um yeah 100% because how... honestly there was music playing for the mass majority of the movie there was right. something on in the background I, I i'm sure this is different movie to movie but i always wonder how they put it together like do they have the like shot by shot for how the scenes are going to go and then the composer's like, okay, so if this shot is 10 seconds and that shot, and then this is how the music's going to go or whatever, versus here's the music, and then we got to time up the editing of the visual to the audio. Like, what is the process to get those things to match up? You know what That's I mean? interesting. Yeah, I would think they would have the scene, and then they would understand the feeling that you want to feel, and then they would put the score on top of it afterwards. Uh-huh. But I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know because I think it would be more difficult to cut the scene to the music. Right. But 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 it's an interesting concept I've never really thought about. Like which yeah. just goes into the artistic genius that is to like while you're watching, for instance, when when she's reading, you know, his script of all the same words but in different right. paragraph formats, and he starts creeping up behind her, and like as he gets closer and the music intensifies, like that's there's that's an art to it, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Which is, I mean, why why people win awards for for movie scores? But I mean, it's but. it's thanks to the music that you know something's about to happen, right? Oh like, yeah. It's the music that gets you like on the edge of your seat, like oh something terrible is coming. So I'm always paying attention to the, and it just disappears into the background if you're not yep. paying attention to it. Although this music actually was so sometimes it was almost like uncomfortable. Not yes. uncomfortable. It was like this hurts my ears because it's so yeah. like high pitched and like, dissonant it was in and the like foreground. There was yes. no way not to notice, in my opinion. Right? There was no way not to notice this like pounding music yeah. that you know if if you had the volume up loud that you're just like, oh man. It's like that um, scene when she swipes the knife at his hand when yep. she's in the shower. He's he's cut through the door with the axe. She swipes it as that's what the music sounds like. It sounds yeah. like getting a fucking knife cut to your hand you're like ah, you know it kind of makes it's you true. cringe a little well, bit. well yeah because and some of those yeah some of those notes and those pitches and and it's like you're like oh that does kind of hurt a little bit like and so yeah. it yeah it gives you like you react to the music as much yeah. as you're reacting to the movie itself yeah totally totally it's like a visceral reaction i didn't get scared in the sense of like like i'm scared for myself um right. I, I definitely was a little bit like when they're running through the maze at the end, the, the boy yep. uh, and the father. Um, I need to always, I need to memorize the characters' names. I do such a terrible job of this. Okay, it's Danny I always, is the kid. Yeah, don't worry, I always make notes. So Jack there is the There you father. go. So you can reference. Uh, played so by it's Jack. Danny. Yeah. You think I would remember yeah, Danny because he's running around screaming Danny the whole time. Uh, and I was like, oh, I don't want the kid to die. So I was kind right. of like, get out of there, get out of there, Danny. Like you smart little kid with your stepping yeah. back in the snow footprints. That was like pretty, pretty, so clever. pretty brilliant. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I wasn't like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't feel scared, but I was trying to think of it uh, as if I was an adult in the eighties or, um, or a child, a toddler, or three-year-old, <laughs> a three-year-old watching this younger than Danny at that. Time. Yeah. How would I feel about it? And I think there were, you know, I think thing maybe this is just culturally that we've become so desensitized to things, to gore and to suspense. And I mean, if you watched Game of Thrones, you see people get murdered in a blink of an eye and you mm-hmm. watch heads explode and you're 100%. so like, you know, Which so then you go back, back and yeah, go ahead. Which kind of goes back to our to what we had said about, you know, 
the formula for rating a movie, which has surely changed over time, right? I'm sure yeah. I'm sure that the things we see nowadays would probably be NC seventeen right. something rated, you know, yeah, in nineteen yeah. eighty. Did they have Rotten Tomatoes in the eighties? Like surely that, so, that they could have been it was a so they didn't, but they have since Rotten Tomatoed it. <laughs> uh, and it, it got an 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Again, I, I don't I don't know what their criteria is, but I thought that was interesting that, you know, yeah. pretty high. Yeah. And when you when you read about it, when you just like mm-hmm. Googling it, like there's it's iconic for a reason. There's a reason that it's not hard to find to stream. Um obviously Stephen King is one thing, which which we can talk about a little bit because it mm-hmm. didn't really follow the book, and Stephen King actually wasn't very happy about it. Um, but but it's an iconic movie that even today I think horror movie goers know and appreciate it. It gets you thinking. There's some questions. Stanley Kubrick, you know, left some ambiguity in some areas to make people say, "Well, like, what did that mean? Does that mean this?" Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah. So um, well, I think we mentioned too last week that there's or in our last episode that there's cultural references all over the place to the shining like um ready oh, player yeah. one is has this whole thing built into it with references to the shining and i didn't realize this was in this movie when i saw um the kid riding around on his little tricycle yeah. Yeah. Little, what is that bike called uh i was tri- like oh tricycle? Yeah. i have seen this i have seen like i think i don't know the family family guy or the simpsons or maybe both oh, yeah. or so I've seen that very specific, like the kid riding around oh, from, yeah. from behind, you know, like and they that. probably showed twins in the same episode. There's the been twins. twins. You yep. see that all over the place. Yeah. 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 So references to you know, the like horror imagery from the shining is. Well, even everywhere. the here's Johnny thing like that's been, I yeah. could probably Google it and find a hundred instances of movies and TV shows that people will say, here's Johnny for, mm-hmm. You know, just because it just became I, an iconic phrase that everyone knows, even if they've never seen The Shining. Yeah. How was it for you? Well, okay. First of all, you saw this for the first time when you were like three years old, which I obviously had, don't remember. But I saw it again you, after that. But okay, so you you had rewatched it surely as an adult. a few times. Um, I now okay. I don't know if I've actually seen it as an adult. Um, I know I saw it. You know, young adult childhood. I don't know if I ever actually rewatched it as like a full-fledged adult it's possible but it might very well have been 20 25 years since i've seen this movie was there Um, anything in the rewatch that you had never noticed before like did you see anything differently than than when you had watched it before um i think that i going in with that lens kind of we talked about right so i think definitely noting the vintageiness to it, uh, yeah. the the score we talked about the music, but I also noticed like the cinematography and and the single seemingly mostly single camera, kind of following in the room and the way they mm. do that, uh, and it fo- and how how it like follows the characters. I mean, I looked it up a little bit. Um, but there was an article uh, on MovieWeb about the cinematography, and it talks about The Shining being you know claustrophobic and merciless, portrayed by deliberate and unsettling images says the majority of the story is captured in steady shots, either locked off, slowly moving, or photographed from a distance, creating an impression of supernatural presence bearing down on the characters. Mm-hmm. So like when he's riding his trike down the hallway and it's like right behind him and it's following him. Right, um, right. When he's running in the maze, it makes you feel like he's running from yeah. the camera. You. Yeah. Even though, you know, his father's who knows how many maze turns behind him, but it gives you that feeling with the music, that single camera following. That's what I really noticed was those two things, the score and the camera. I'm trying to think 
that those were kind of the two big things for me that really mm-hmm. brought it that 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 I noticed as you know, yeah, uh, an old adult. Um, now, I I did I did I did get a little confused because they also had a, at some point made a TV miniseries miniseries that Stephen King wrote that more closely followed the book. So I was mm-hmm. a little bit I had forgotten that Dick Harlan the the chef I forgot he died. I remembered like right before it happened, mm-hmm. but in my mind it was a little bit different or went down differently. Or mm-hmm. or he communicated with with Doc, you know, with Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, before How that, much did but, you remember about like as you were watching the movie? Did you know like they're gonna get away? I know everything's gonna be fine. Or were you still were you, were you like I, want, I can't remember what's gonna happen? I think it was kind of a combination. I pretty okay. much knew what was gonna happen. I think okay. that I have a for all the memory that I don't seem to have of the last like ten years. Like my my more recently like short term memory is more foggy, but like. Stuff like me remembering scenes from movies from when I was a kid, I I remember it pretty clearly. Mm -hmm. And if I don't remember it exactly, I know as it progresses, I can I know what's going to happen next. It starts coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know I, I particularly watching it. I remember when, again, she's reading the script and he's following her. Oh, she's gonna hit him with the bat. He's gonna fall downstairs. Oh, then she's gonna drag him into the into the pantry. Oh, mm-hmm. then you know. And so I kind of, as it happens, I remember. Oh, this is happening next. I don't know, you know, because I, I I wasn't really thinking about it. I think, but I don't know how much of that I could have mapped out. I probably could have written out the gist of it. Did um, you have like, were you experiencing? Did you have adrenaline? Were you scared? Did you experience like suspense of like, oh. Or was it because you've been exposed and you kind of knew what was coming that you were just re-experiencing the movie, but not necessarily on the edge of your seat with fear? I think there was some, I was on the middle of my seat. In the middle of your seat. <laughs> Whatever you define that as. No, I think there were definitely parts where I knew it was going to happen, but again, because of the music and I had it up loud and the way that things were happening, I think there was a little bit, I felt a little bit of intensity, but uh-huh. all in all, not the scariest thing and i've seen it before and i know what's going to happen for the most part yeah. but you know i think the maze at the end something about that was probably the most intense i felt just because it's dark he's running through the maze his dad's coming after him he's screaming his name and it's all culminating in this moment and again i know what's going to happen yeah I, I as soon as they got in the maze i remember that danny does the foot the footstep thing and i don't remember exactly how he does it and then when it gets to it and i'm like oh yeah that's how he does it um yeah but even then but for that part of the movie there are a few parts that probably just maybe feel a little bit of like, oh man. Um, but I think, again, I think most of that's con- because that score was good. Yeah. Because that music yeah. just made you feel that way. Yeah. The The other I, thing, yeah. the other thing that I noticed that I found really funny that I don't think I ever would have noticed before, maybe, was in the pantry, particularly the product placement <laughs> from 1980 was so intense and so I, like, I, made, I know i remember some of these brands yeah so i literally paused it and i made i made a small list just of what i could see in, in a couple of the um in a couple of the shots this is good trivia i think like we could do um like a shining night like a theme night and uh you have to make dinner with only the ingredients that you could find in the pantry that's actually Oh, yeah. And you have to get a can that was made in 1980. But yeah, so just short list. And I realized more later and I wasn't going to write them all down because that would just be silly. But first of all, Heinz everything. Heinz relish, Heinz mushroom soup, Heinz. I think there was tomato ketchup. There was Kellogg's cornflakes. There was Libby's pears. There was another like Libby's 
something else. I was looking for yeah, Libby's yeah. pumpkin pie. Didn't see it. Um, there was that um, that fruit salad. No, what was it called? It was it a fruit salad? Oh, it was a fruit salad that she poured into a bowl. The, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. She opens yeah. that, and as soon as and that, like, Zach was like, "Oh, I remember back when I used to eat that in the '90s." <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and I'm also thinking, this is not practical for a family of three. Can you imagine <laughs> how many days they're going to be eating that salad. giant ass can of fruit salad? Like, I'm so sick of fruit salad by day seven. <laughs> That's um, what ha- that's what caused it. He was like, I'm tired of this fucking fruit salad. It was poison, poison can. All fruit. work and also, no play. Fucking fruit salad. God damn it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. In syrup. Um, and all that frozen meat in the freezer. Oh, I'm like, syrup. you're leaving this frozen meat in the freezer for eight months. That shit going to get freezer burn. Um, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But there was tomato soup, so ketchup, funny. green beans, rich crackers. Yeah. I mean, it was there was it was there was there that was, like country crock lemonade. Do you know what I'm talking about? Is it oh, I, I missed that one. I didn't see the lemonade. Was, or am I, I thinking Kool-Aid. of butter? I saw Kool Aid. This is really tang. important. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad that we're noticing all the food that was in the pantry. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but what? that is Maybe exactly. That's I mean, no, that's 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 exactly like as all this scene is happening, I was like, oh, look at all, look at what's in the pantry. Oh, that's interesting. But also, yeah. do you think it was product placement? Like, do you think these companies paid 100%. to have their products oh, in the horror movie? Because I don't know if I, I'd want the association. I think, I think that it's always product placement. I I. Greedy, and maybe greedy, this is just greedy. me, but I always feel like I notice product because otherwise they could have just put a bunch of boxes with nothing particular on it. I think that well, that's true. surely they're going to want royalties for that. So yeah, I'm not, that's you know, true. There was I'm an the Avis uh, car rental in the hotel. I noticed Davis, that. What? Avis? Avis car rental. Really? Yep. I miss that. And maybe uh, it's just because I'm seeing it in a movie in the seven and eighties that I'm thinking yeah. like, oh, okay, Avis was around and they had the same logo they did, yeah. you know, 43 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and I'm I'm always the guy that'll notice the product placement. Well, especially when it's blatant, right? So like it was shortly after yeah. that scene, someone's running down a hallway and there's a like a stack case of seven up. And I was like, Oh, seven up. Um there it is. is interesting though, because it was very next time. Yeah. And then as she drags him back into product placement alley, as I like to call it. No, I'm just kidding. It didn't bother I like it didn't bother me. I just actually <laughs> found it funny because I could see all these old school like labels of of stuff and see what was there like what what were the hotness in the in the 80s and um you know same hotness we have now rich crackers i literally saw i don't know if you've seen this i saw a video that was like i was today years old when i learned that the edge of a ritz cracker can be used to cut cheese anyway i don't know i don't know if that's really or not i didn't know that and now yeah. i'm gonna have to try it but the person on next the video, time i'm eating french fries with ketchup i'm gonna be like I'm going to think about seeing the ketchup bottles in the uh, next time I eat that fruit salad. I'm going to think about this movie. Yeah. Well, you know what? Next, next time we watch a movie, uh, I'll serve you fruit salad and Heinz ketchup and maybe and Heinz rich crackers mushroom for cutting soup. cheese and rich crackers. And then we'll have a cheese board with <laughs> rich crackers and cheese. I don't know. We are, we are getting way off subject. here. We're getting way off subject. Okay. Okay. okay wait. I do oh. have some interesting trivia here. Okay. Well, and you kind of alluded to this already. There's one other thing I noticed. There's one other thing I noticed, but but do your trivia. What was it? What, what was the other thing you noticed? The length of the movie. Well, I noticed that too because it was so damn long. It was so... I So I literally, in all caps in my notes, and one of the first things I wrote, like within 30 minutes, is I wrote, a slow burn. That's... Yeah. <laughs> because the movie was a slow burn. It was a slow and, burn. And so you know some of this, but I was out of town for a wedding, and... And my wife and I had left effectively, you know, 1 a.m. local time to get back. Hawaii time. Yeah, 1 a.m. Hawaii time, maybe like 1230 uh, to get back here by a decent time so we could be back at work the next day. Then I was at the airport and a super long TSA line and saw Hugh Jackman. And I 
then you know i compared adamantium claws with him his were bigger of course because he's Hugh wait, jackman. Wait, 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 wait. you what? were just you were in the tsa line and yeah. hugh jackman was in the same tsa line he was yeah he had a in big this, in hawaii or in uh where was no, the wedding in, in phoenix uh, where was i at yeah no in phoenix, phoenix? airport phoenix airport uh, the tsa pre-check line was crazy and people were everywhere and then there's giant hugh jackman which is taller than I what? expect. I don't know why he's Wolverine, but he's just like, Hey mate. Yeah. The line's over there or whatever. That's really bad. Australian accent. I apologize to all our Australian <laughs> Um, but yeah, he had this big you, beard. Were the TSA agents like freaking out? Were they like, I, we were too far right back in the line. Ah. And then I was way far back. Once I found the end of the line and it curled yeah. around, I didn't actually get to see him go through because obviously uh. adamantium will trigger metal detectors. Yeah, so they had to give him special work? little workarounds. He had a big old he beard. Just... He looked ripped because he's obviously like training to be Wolverine again. Did he sing? Did he sing for you? He did. And you know, I went to I went to his one man show. Um, oh wow! We went to his one man show when he was in. I don't remember. I think we when... were in Monterey. Yeah, when we were in California, uh, he he uh, performed somewhere nearby. Can we, and we do it there? Can we do a Hugh Jackman scary movie? Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. find one. I'll put it on. I'll put it on the list. The theme the will list. be Hugh Jackman Hugh scary Jackman. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Surely he's been in at least three scary movies that we can you know, choose from. I there are other. Um, yeah, we'll have to. You know what? Uh, I'll do some. Was there like? Look, I'll get back. Was there like an energy around him? Like where where were all the other people in the TSA like like looking and like pointing? Or was I was. It, I, yeah. <laughs> I think that people were hectic and maybe they didn't recognize him and maybe I don't know, yeah, but it didn't seem context. like I kind of looked around. And it didn't seem like people were just like, oh, my God, Hugh Jackman. Uh, although I turned to my wife and I was like, hey, Hugh Jackman's here. And she was like, what? And I was like, yeah, look, it's Hugh Jackman. She was, was she like, like, who's Hugh Jackman? She knows who he is. <laughs> I'm uh, just kidding. Not as well as I do. Um, but but she was like, oh, well, look at that. I was like, yeah. And I was like, hey, mate, I'm just kidding. Again, I didn't say that. Also, hey. I apologize to our to anyone who knows me, uh, including you, Sam, know that I am a horrible accenter accenter that's not a word yeah i was gonna try and then nothing came out i was trying to think of what does australian sound like and they're like oi <laughs> oi mate maybe nope 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 yeah we'll practice not, it for next time. Not, yeah i'm not practicing i'm horrible um anyway so i got back uh and then stayed up the rest of the day and then decided that oh, i was yeah. gonna watch the movie that night the movie so that, i forgot what you know, yeah yeah we forgot the subject we were talking. uh hugh jackman taking over our podcast uh but hugh if you're listening and would like to be a guest uh you know what just call me up there's only room for two hosts so no hugh you're not invited i mean it can be the chris and hugh show just kidding. Or maybe uh, it will be my little zach demon who lives in my mouth and what did he say it goes in his stomach when he he's said, afraid uh, something he, was like, he, he said uh tony is I don't know what he says, so, but he lives in his mouth, and then like, I don't I don't remember. It was weird. I don't really understand why Tony lives in his mouth. I guess because that's how he talks. Yeah, but he lives in his mouth, but also he's a finger, so he dan- he moves as the finger, but he lives in. You know, what? I would we say that's probably it. the biggest thing about the movie that I just don't get. Um, was Tony? Well, just like yeah, the, it was it was definitely an interesting representation of of and the finger thing. I don't really know, but uh, no. anyway, all that. To okay, be said, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. All, you were trying to fine. tell me a story. We get off track every episode. It's fine. <laughs> um, so I got back super late, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this movie, and then I was like, this movie is two and a half hours long, two hours twenty minutes. Uh, so I started, and I was like, oh, slow burn, and by two one hour thirty minutes in. I had had like two glasses of wine on top of being super jet lagged and I was just dozing. So I definitely yeah. had to, I stopped it and then picked it up the next day 
which is when I realized that all the action really happens in the last 45 minutes. Where do you remember where you stopped it? Right about 45 minutes from the end, which is I mean, what was happening shortly. So, oh, it's when um, Wendy, the mother, is sitting on the couch with Danny, but it's after he's been traumatized, right? So he's only speaking in Tony voice uh, and they're watching cartoons and it's right before she grabs the bat and then goes down there and finds the script. So really, I stopped it right before the last 45 minutes of pure, basically, action uh, and suspense and whatnot. Yeah, I, um, I I confess, I did the same thing. I didn't intend to. I was going to sit and I watch it all the way through, um, but I started kind of late at night and okay. uh, Sammy has a bedtime and I got to yeah. stick to it. So uh, I made it yeah, through. It was, you got to 6 p.m. and you're like, oh, time to go to sleep. Six, um, 5.30. Thank you. Uh, no, it was later than that. I But I got to the point where he was going into the, the ballroom and the party was happening. Not the first oh, okay. time when he was talking to the bartender, but the when, second time when the whole party. Right. And then the the uh, butler, who he keeps referring to as Jeeves, uh, yeah, like knocks him, runs into him. Yeah, that that whole thing is when I when I came back to it because it 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 was long, and I like I appreciate the pace, the the slowness of it created that feeling of sus- of suspense, mm-hmm. but it was just so long and so slow uh, that I I mean I was struggling. I was yeah, like, oh, well, and I feel like for that length of a movie. Watching his transition from normal to mm. crazy mm-hmm. could, I felt like, in modern day, right, could have just been worked out more. It didn't feel that it progressed over the 90 minutes right? that it would have over 90 minutes. You know what I mean? The, okay, let's talk about this. Okay. I think let's this talk is... talk about it. This was right. kind of... So you mentioned earlier that Stephen King was not a fan of of the movie he's he's been very so he wrote the book the shining mm-hmm. and he's always been very vocal about the fact that he didn't like the movie yeah um, hated so it, I, I think he I hated think it yeah I, yeah I i did a little bit of reading <clears throat> this is from far out magazine okay king believed that torrance the main character jack torrance yeah. was inherently a good guy who was okay. bent one way and then the other by various cosmic forces of evil okay kubrick yeah masterfully blurred these conventional definitions of morality by making Torrance a psychopath. He thought the horror of humanity was much more compelling. Okay. Now I like, I thought there, I thought the, I thought the character was disturbing, but I think what would have been more disturbing or more like I would have connected more to the film or been more afraid of it is if I had had some sort of like connection to Jack. Right before he revealed his like psychopathic tendencies it just it seemed like it jumped from like he's polite in his interview and he has like one you know sweet moment with his child and then suddenly right. it just seemed and kind of sudden yeah. right compare that to Candyman, right yeah, where the where character you, you emotionally like, develop a connection to the character yeah, and, and it seems like a more gradual progression, and it seems like like you're like oh, he doesn't know what's going on, like he's really unsure, right? Um, and it felt I bought it more yeah. in Candyman, yeah. where I was like, and oh, he's like slipping into madness, and there's nothing he can do about it. Yeah, like he started even, painting all crazy and everything. Yeah, and even at the beginning of this movie, he wasn't the most like compelling. I really care about this character. You know, yeah. he seemed nice enough. But but like he didn't seem like someone that we really were like, oh, this is a good guy. Right. Um, you yeah. know, pure and good. And then, you know, because he had gotten drunk and he was a recovering alcoholic, but and he had, you know, um, 
injured Danny previously. So that already gives you a bad taste in your mouth about him as, and his character. Not that he's a recovering alcoholic, right? But that there was an yeah, abusive yeah. moment that he had with his son. Sure. Um, and, and so it gives you a, it already offsets that spectrum of someone who's good that would never do wrong and how they're just like broken down into this like psychopath. Right. So the right. spectrum just seems shorter. And like you said, very early on, he kind of just started showing signs of it. Um, yeah. I think which the, made it. the idea of like, I'm, I am good. I'm a good person. And the universe is framing me or affecting me, taking yeah. over my mind to do horrible things is a scarier concept than mm -hmm. that character is just a lunatic. He's just a psychopath. Agreed. And that's just yeah. who, what he is all along. Well, and I think, I think I read somewhere too. Um, cause I did a little bit more reading on this one than I usually do. I usually leave that to you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in the original, I believe in the book, I think like towards the end or right at the end, I think Jack kind of comes out of it and tells Danny to like run. You know what I mean? Like he kind of like uh -huh. peeks through a little bit and has the moment where he he breaks through and then tells his son to run before the place blows up because that's how it ends in the book. Yeah. Um, like a boiler explodes or something. But yeah, I think that that <gasps> really. Yeah. Yeah. In the in the book, because in the in one of the things I read, it was talking about how Kubrick thought that that was like cliche, that it would just all blow up and burn down in the end. Um but yeah, in the book, like basically it all blows up. Okay. Did you know that there was, okay. Okay. We got to go back. So oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that's, I didn't know that's how the book ended. Um, because I told you last in the last episode that I've been to the hotel. Yeah. I think I said and that. The boiler blew the movie, up? I'm just kidding. And the boiler blew up. I blew it up. <laughs> Okay, no, well. I think I might've said it's where the movie was filmed. It's not where the movie was filmed. It was where Stephen King stayed. Oh, and then came up with a story and wrote the book. It inspired the book. And I'll okay. tell you what he said about it in a minute because he had a dream. And it was good. But I was reading about the hotel, the history of the hotel. It's the Stanley Hotel in Estes okay. Park, Colorado. And uh, I went like my last weekend before I moved out of Colorado. I went up there with some friends, saw the hotel, had lunch, whatever, walked around. Um, fun fact, there is a hedge maze in front of the hotel. And we walked around the hedge oh. maze. Now, it's not as it's not actually as tall. It's not like Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire tall. It's like, right. you know waist height okay um but it was kind of fun to walk around now i didn't i had never seen the movie so i didn't get right. the significance of the hedge maze but anyway the i was reading about the history of the hotel and there was an explosion in like 1911 or something like that um Weird. one of the staff members was carrying a um a uh an open flame uh mm -hmm. torch what do you call yeah. that um lantern an open lantern. flame lantern an open flame torch torch uh, you know, like in Minecraft a little. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah. and she walks into this room where there had been a gas leak and the thing fucking explodes. And That's she insane. survived and ended up working there for another like 30 years or something. Okay. But I wonder if Stephen King knew about it and that's why he put that I in wonder. the book. That's interesting. Or the ghost told him about it. It could be. Now, there's a lot of ghosts yeah. at that hotel. I can tell you about some of them because they you have actually on their website. Or they talk about it on the website. I didn't see them. Um, okay. I, because I didn't stay there. Oh. I think you have to be a guest. Yeah. Um, but well, here's what sense. you're the guest of the ghost. I'm the guest of the ghost. I mean, yeah. I do. I do distinctly remember standing in front of the building. Now this was during the day daylight, right? But apparently, I I'm putting words in Stephen King's mouth, so don't sue me, Stephen. But I think he yeah, said something Tell about us, you know what, Stephen. Uh, my mom loves you. She's read all your books. I grew up with my mom telling me what your book said. 
because apparently I didn't know how to read them myself. Um, but you know, leave us a note. Uh, I'm sure. I'm we'll sure we're gonna on, do we'll more bring you on the podcast. That's the I'm second sure time I've tried to get like some famous person on our podcast. This episode, anyway. Sorry, just this episode. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, what? I feel bad now for shooting down Hugh Jackman. I just got a little territorial, but I think we, I think we would welcome Hugh and probably Stephen. You both are welcome. And I changed and my mind. Yeah, you can be on those episodes too. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so he he said something about the hotel being like just off like giving like odd vibes like it just feels creepy the whole thing just yeah. feels eerie and it's true i was standing in front of the hotel and i remember looking up at one of the windows that clearly was not a guest room mm-hmm. because it had it just you could tell looking at it like okay. that's not a guest room right but i but it was i was like is there somebody in that window and i just kept staring at it and i was like i couldn't see like in the darkness behind the window pane if there was yeah. like a curtain or a mannequin or something in there but i just i stared at it for like minutes and i was like I don't know what's going on up there. It could be a ghost, but there are ghosts. So this is from slash film.com. Um, Stanley himself, the guy who built the hotel is said mm-hmm. to wander the halls most often in the oh. hotel bar. Mm-hmm. Good place. Sightings of his wife, Flora have also been reported. Usually her playing the piano in the ballroom. Employees and guests have both reported hearing piano music coming from the room and seeing the keys moving. Um, room 407, it gets real specific. Mm-hmm. Room 407 is supposedly haunted by Lord Dunraven, the man who owned the land prior to Stanley. Okay. Some guests have reported seeing his face in the window, even when the room isn't booked. Room 418 is haunted by children whose laughter can be heard in the hallways by guests and cleaning crew inhabiting the room. Okay. The ghost of a small boy is said to appear outside of room 217, where author Stephen King stayed. And he reportedly oh. saw the child who was calling out for his nanny. Um, yada, yada, yada. And then you can, if you take a, a two, haunted... You said 217? Yeah. Interesting. What's the room the... from this movie? 23. 237. 237. Yeah. So he changed that. He didn't. Interesting. Mm. So yeah, definitely haunted. 1,000%. Well, that makes sense. And that's yeah. probably why it inspired uh, the book. Yeah. Oh, but here's what he said about the book. Can I tell you about his dream? No, you can't. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, because this all connects to the character of Jack Torrance. Okay. Um. So, this is what Stephen King said about the Stanley Hotel. In the late in late September of 1974, Tabby and I spent a night at the Grand Old Hotel in Estes Park, the Stanley. We were the only guests, as it turned out. Hmm. <laughs> just like just like in the book in the movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the following day, the following day, they were going to close the place down for winter. Ding, ding, ding. Just like the movie. Wow. This Wandering. is his dream? No, this, this, is, this, this was actually this what is, happened. This okay. is what they did. Yeah. They, they were the only okay. people in the hotel. They were there the day before it shut down for the winter. Yeah. Um, so he says, wandering through its corridors, I thought that it seemed the perfect, maybe the archetypical uh, setting for a ghost story. That night, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors looking back over his shoulder eyes wide screaming he was being chased by a fire hose i woke up with a tremendous jerk sweating all over within an inch of falling out of bed i got up lit a cigarette sat in the chair looking out the window at the rockies and by the time the cigarette was done i had the bones of the book firmly set in my mind wow so that's amazing isn't that crazy that's crazy i think that he talks about his own son mm-hmm. being in his dream, being terrorized. I think there's some connection. Like maybe he's identifying in himself, Jack Torrance, the character. Yeah. 
in in the book at least which i haven't read but if he starts off as this good guy who loves his family but then he's t- the hotel makes him lose his mind yeah that's the that's the fear that i think he's trying he's like it's me like what if i was the oh, guy right. what if that was my son and i'm yep. the one losing my mind and chasing him around the hotel with a fire hose that's interesting that's my theory yeah also his son was 3 in his dream the same age that I was when I watched the movie. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I'm Stephen King's son. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. Uh, my mom's going to gonna listen to this and be like, how did you know? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, good joke. Wow. Um, no, but so that's super interesting. So, yeah, one day maybe I'll read the book. Um, or maybe one day we'll watch the miniseries and we can compare it because the miniseries, you know, was... Written by Stephen King, he wrote the TV miniseries. Oh, uh, to okay. More okay. His book, yeah. Um, you know, just like a a couple other a couple things I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. One, so so the articles talked about you know how Stanley Kubrick uh, wanted to leave a few things you know that were ambiguous. So particularly mm. the ending, like what are your thoughts yeah. on the ending? Uh, yeah, it zooms in on the photo. There's Jack yeah. Torrance's face. Uh, 1921 in the ballroom. I know what I kind of thought. I then I read what other people thought. I don't know if you read this in your in your in your research at all, but okay. So what do you think? And then I'll tell you. And he actually Stanley Kubrick did actually make a uh, uh he did actually specify what his intent was at one point or another. Um, so I'll tell you that. But first, what do you think? It was funny. Something funny happened right at the ending. And I was like, yeah. this is going to ruin the scary nature of the movie. But I was watching it with my boyfriend, Zach, yeah. and they show the photo and it's like a full ballroom full of people. And immediately yeah. your eyes are drawn to the guy in the front who right. is Jack Nicholson. It's the character. It's the guy. Right. And Zach was like, did you see it? But then it but then it like fades to like a zoomed in portion of the photo. So, right. You're only looking at like a batch of like 15 people and he was yeah. like well in case you missed it like now now do you see it but then yeah. it zooms in a third time and it goes like it just is. to his face and he's like okay you definitely saw it didn't you <laughs> and i was like i mean that i saw it funny. the first i saw the first time around but uh thanks for pointing out uh, that he's there <laughs> i saw it i saw it um so what do i think well that and then that became the first question i asked as soon as the credits started rolling yeah. is I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, right. what is he a ghost? Does he live there? Is he always been, does he reincarnate in future? Like what? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I didn't really think of an answer. I just kind of well, wondered about it. Wondered, wondered about it for a second. And then I didn't and then you decide. Moved on. Yeah. Sleep. What do you have? A theory? <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't read any theories behind it either. So I have no idea. Yeah, I, I think that there's, I mean, people can probably name a bunch of theories, right? But I think one of the main theories that was kind of, you know, an idea that that I could have maybe seen um, as possible was that, you know, when the hotel absorbed his soul, he then became, you know, he became one on the photo. But, which makes sense. Uh, however, mm-hmm. that is not uh, what Stanley Kubrick's intention was. So effectively, it, you, you, it was one of the things you said that he is effectively a reincarnation of the previous caregiver. Uh, so Grady mm. was, I don't remember the name of the actual caregiver, um, but, but Grady was another previous caregiver, the guy who, the butler, right. Who right. You know, killed his family. And then, but throughout the movie, they mentioned two previous caregivers with the same last name. And so in 1921, Jack Nicholson, uh, Jack Torrance, you know, 
his previous iteration of himself was that previous version of the caregiver. Okay. So is it like, um, this is something, this is a cycle that will continue every I 10, guess. 20 years. I don't know that it goes any deeper than that. Um, oh, okay. I think it's just, you know, that he is a reincarnation because they actually, so I think it's a point when they're bathroom and he's talking to Grady and then Grady says something along the lines of you've always been the caregiver here or something like that. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. and then, You're and then Jack talks about, he talks about it at some point a couple of times where, you know, he walked in and he felt like he knew the place, like he'd, you know, so I think that all that kind of, is just like this, you know, hinting at the fact that, you know, he's been there before in a previous life. Um, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, which is just kind of interesting. Um, there, and then th- it makes me think about so so far we've done Candyman, mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods. Yep. I don't know if this applies to Megan necessarily, but M3, it makes me yeah. think. It makes me think about like this idea of control, and I'm 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 wonder if if this will be like a theme in, in some of the other scary movies that we watch. But the idea that like you are not in control of your life. There is a destiny that is already determined for you and you're just progressing through it. So in Candyman, he was like chosen to be the reincarnation again. That's true. Rebirth of like, and that was nodding to this continuation of um, racial inequality in the United States Mm -hmm. and just this ongoing cycle. And Cabin in the Woods, it was like, you're just you're just a pawn in this ritual like you know and of course they break out of that and that was the whole thing about the movie but the idea that you're just you're just following a path that was laid for you and that's kind of how it feels with this as well it's like your mind is being taken over by the hotel and this person who it's like you were you were meant to be here and you're you're not in control you're just becoming this monster that you were destined to become it's it's interesting to me that three of the four movies that we've done so far are there's a, some connection there around control and destiny and yeah. how these characters come to be. That is interesting. It also now that you mention it too, it kind of I think it again adds another layer that kind of just takes away from the movie. Going back to what you said, like it'd be more compelling if he was this person who was put in this position and he was out of control. But I mean, on one hand, it was never in his control because he he was destined to be here, but also, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that makes it better or worse. I'm kind of torn on, on one, on one, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, Are there other like crazy fan theories about the ending? Not really. Uh, Not that I really saw. And of course, at some Mm. point, you know, Kubrick said it. And so now it's online and people can just read it. Mm. Um, One thing that is kind of interesting though, um, that I found. So there was a sequel movie that came out a couple years ago, uh, and I saw it actually called Dr. Sleep. And so Stephen King wrote the book, mm. uh, Dr. Sleep as, as a sequel book, but it's Danny Torrance as an adult, uh, in the movie is played by Ewan McGregor, um, oh. which I love Ewan McGregor. Uh, but, but what's interesting, uh, just, you know, maybe we'll, we'll watch it one of these days, but it, it plays the person who made that movie tried to walk the line between the movie and the original book. Right. So like, little things like um and i don't remember all of them but but obviously in the book the boiler room exploded and destroyed the hotel well the hotel didn't didn't get destroyed so in the movie at some point danny torrance goes back there i'm not going to dig into why i Um, honestly don't remember all of it and then he sees his father or a spirit of his father at some point not played by jack nicholson but by played someone that looks kind of like him but he in that moment is like dressed kind of like a butler in a very similar mm. way as the previous caregiver was. Nice. So they drew those weird, those interesting connections. And so like, yeah, like I said, the the person who made that movie purposely bridged that gap. Um, one, one thing, and this is kind of the elephant in the room. Um, 
because <laughs> when you went back to Candyman and racial inequality, like one thing that I notated yeah. um, is the blatant use of the N word two times. Oh yeah. Um, and I feel like it was used purposefully to make the audience just feel disgusted about the, like, I mean, it's literally a conversation between someone who chopped up his family and someone mm-hmm. who's about to chop up his family. Mm-hmm. So how do, how do you, how do you make, how do you make the audience feel even more gross about them? Mm-hmm. Well, you do that. Um, but also unnecessary. You already feel gross yeah. about it. Like the dude chopped up his kids. This guy's about to chop up his kid. Um, obviously a difference between 1980 and today, not to say that that isn't said very specifically and very purposefully in some movies um today but in in this one i was just like that's it doesn't it didn't add anything to the story yeah yeah you know? i agree um, i agree also the only person that died in this movie was a black guy but i guess that's um, true <laughs> i noticed the same thing i was like he was like one of my favorite point, characters too like he was I just know, going was there like, to help he didn't even get to help he just walked first, in i was like one of two things is gonna happen hello anybody here anyway sorry go ahead i was like either he's gonna save them or they're all gonna die and that's yeah, not what happened. No, he, he just was the died. first one and he the only one. died, which he didn't die in the book. He didn't die in the book. Oh, um, that was one of those differences that he didn't die. I think he ended up helping them out. And I think there's, I think in the miniseries, there's like a cut scene at the end yeah. where they're like, I think that they ended up, they showed a scene of like where they ended up after he went there and helped them. Um, but he didn't die in the book. He just died in the movie. Um, but anyway, okay, yeah, it felt, I guess it felt unnecessary. What would have been scarier would have been if he, and this is what I, uh, this was another thing I was like, Oh, please don't let this happen is he mm-hmm. shows up and I was afraid that Jack Nicholson's character was going to convince him to just leave. Like everything's fine. We're good. Right. You can go. And he would just be like, okay. And then take off. And then the stuff would con- continue. Yeah. Um, I really which, wanted him. This might have happened in the miniseries, and maybe that's where I'm getting it. Like, I wanted him to use The Shining to talk to Doc. Like, they can talk without words. Oh, yeah. Doc's hiding yeah, yeah. in the thing, and he's. I want him to be like, Doc, where are you? Doc, where are you? And then help him and find him. And maybe he still dies. Uh, but but him going there, right? like, they show him he's in the bed. He knows it's bad. He gets on the plane. He calls the police. And this is not in the right order. He gets on the Thundercat, also not the name of the, the Snowcat. Whatever the Thundercat. Uh and then he goes all the way out there and they show all this stuff just for him to walk in knowing something's wrong and start yelling and get immediately. Is anybody yeah. here? Literally like three or four times in a row. I'm like, this is it. First of all, if yeah. there is anyone there and they're up in their room, do you think they're going to hear you anyway? Well, true. But there was a lot of moments like that where I was like, oh, this is a this is an old school horror film where the thing that they're doing makes zero sense. But it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah I agree with you, though. I think useless. that was it was a useless yeah. use of his character, who who was a, a pretty pivotal character for our understanding of, of Doc's shining ability. Right. Um, right. I forgot about just... that was that was we're like so far in the episode. I forgot to even bring this up. The fact that, you know, the name of the movie, The Shining, I didn't I, before watching it, I had no idea what that meant in that scene where he's explaining what The Shining is to the kid. I think it was the first moment where I felt kind of drawn in and like curious, like, oh, what is The Shining? What is this right. power that you have and the hotel has? And like, what does this mean? But then as it progressed, it didn't, I felt like it, I, I didn't really fully understand what it was or yeah. like, I didn't understand yeah. the meaning or how and it maybe, worked. Yeah, maybe it's better fleshed out in the book. I think I did read, yeah. you know, the Kubrick's intentions. I think that, you know, part of Danny's Shining being so strong is kind of what like clicked on 
some of the, you know, all the bad instances in the hotel. Oh, but also okay. that doesn't make sense because Jack Torrance was reincarnated. So maybe that's not right. Um, yeah. That's interesting. Because yeah, Jack they, Torrance, like what was, what was what he was doing also shining because he was seeing things. I don't think so. I think no, the ability okay. to like see the future and I don't, he was seeing things that were ghosts. Got it. But he couldn't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really have okay. an answer. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite, I didn't um, quite catch that. But, figure but that the out. last couple of things I have to ask you is, yeah. you know, really the three, I think of, there are really only three like iconic, three iconic like flashes of things that they saw. Right. So, so there was the twin girls that showed up and this mm-hmm. particularly the scene where they like skip back and forth from them being dead and alive, which I actually thought was pretty gruesome. They usually these days don't show like gruesome images of children. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little bit unexpected uh, for a 1980 film. But then there was also the woman in room 237 and mm-hmm. then like the the scenes of the blood gushing from the elevator. Mm-hmm. How do you rate those scary? Like not scary because they weren't particularly mm-hmm. scary, but like did any, were any of those creepy? Because I think those were moments that were intended to be creepy. Yeah. But, you know, 2022 Sam watching 1980 Shining. Did What were your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the dead children is a is a bit gruesome, right? I think. Yeah. I, and that's, I think, why I was most worried about the kid in the maze. I was like, don't kill the kid. Yeah. Um, so that I think probably is the highest in terms of yep. just what's disturbing. I thought the lady in the tub was sexy. I was like, Oh, <laughs> look at her. Just particularly look, after, after she got a body shame. Yeah. After she, yeah. after she changed, I was like, Hey girl, she you, had a, she know, had a hot laugh. We should <laughs> maybe, <laughs> or something. We should maybe, you know, check what kind of soap you're using. Cause I don't, I don't know if it's good for yeah. your skin, Acid but soap. Yeah, she's just she needs some loving too, and he was happy to oblige. So yeah, okay, she didn't do anything wrong. Um, and the bloody hallway I thought was kind of kind of a cool effect. Like that's what I was thinking as yeah yeah as I was watching that I was like they must have like filled this thing full of red water and like that look. I mean that was an actual that wasn't like CGI that was right that was a real a real created that. So I thought that was kind of. Cool. I wasn't like, yeah. oh my god, a hallway full of blood is gonna come get me. Yeah. Yeah. In that, in that article I read, they did talk about like that being, you know, people's theories being that that's like representative of all the blood of the people who died there. Or mm. there was a weird like talk about how it was built on an Indian burial ground, which also was like an added fact uh, that I didn't find useful. Um, but that maybe that was the blood of the Native Americans. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's any like. I didn't know what it symbolized. I was just like. Blood wow, that's a lot of it's a blood river. I have one more topic before we get to the closing questions, because I feel like I feel like in honor of Shelley Duvall, we've got to talk about this. Are okay. you familiar at all with the the way that Kubrick or directed and 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 the the intensity borderline probably actually just abuse with which he treated the cast and specifically Shelley? I'm I'm not no. Okay, so I was reading a little bit about this and in um, the scene in particular. So apparently the way that he ran this whole mm-hmm. thing is that he wanted her to feel um, he, he was looking, he wanted like very real emotion. So he was kind of, he like mistreated her and he would tell the crew, like don't compliment her and like ignore her. And like they would do an ins- insane numbers of takes like over and over and over to the point where the actors were exhausted. They couldn't take breaks. Cause if you go and break, it's very expensive for the studio. And, uh, he would just like, um, like just totally degrade her and like never build her up, like never give her any positive notes. And the, apparently it was intentional because he was trying to create this, like this 
actual, you know, response and like psychological fear in her while she was on set, which is right. kind of messed up. Now, I mean, once you learn yeah. about that afterwards, you're like, oh, fuck, I don't think that's yeah. cool. But um, there's like, been documentaries I mean, there, and stuff that have come there's out. There's method acting, which when people put, you know, do certain things to themselves, but that's not, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it'd be one thing if she was like, I'm going to do this 150 times so that I can get it right. And or I'm going to. Yeah, it would be totally different if you were choosing like, here's the thing. I understand why you're doing this. They talk about it and be like, hey, I want to drive you. Are you cool with it? Cool. Right. Right. Yeah, that's. And 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 after we finish this, I want to make sure you're okay. You know, right. like yeah, whatever. Yeah. And that's, that's apparently an not fact. at all. I mean, this was again a long time ago, and right. Um, but I mean, it was just interesting. So so a lot of her acting. This article talked about how it wasn't it wasn't acting; it was reacting. You know, it yeah. was like true. I mean, the the bat scene they they did like a hundred and sixty something takes of the bat scene. So her hands were literally like rubbed raw like bleeding right. from holding that thing and swinging it and for hours exhausted. and days she exhausted and she looked, yeah she looked exhausted that's interesting and, it's, and it was real like that's the thing it was like not yeah. makeup it wasn't her and not to discredit her acting ability but it wasn't that she was right. creating that it was real a real traumatic response to the way that she was being treated on set well that's an unfortunate fact <laughs> right that is a very unfortunate fact i, I mean that I would make I think that is almost scarier than yeah. the the fictional experience that they were. I mean, yeah, I, would, I don't know. I wish I could see an interview with her. To I wonder what how she feels about it. You know now. You know, I wonder yeah. what, what what her take is now. I, I mean, read I read a little bit. Now, she apparently in 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 interviews and in documentaries and stuff. In in some cases, she she sort of like defends it a little bit. Like, well, that's yeah. what made the film good. But in other cases, she's been like, yeah, I mean, it really sucked. Like, it really yeah. sucked, and it was really hard. And, I mean, it's probably a weird thing where it's an or iconic film, film so you don't want right? to... And, and Yeah, you don't want to shit on it and be like, you know, I hated yeah, that whole how thing. Do you, how do you balance that? But also truth, right? Like, like yeah. doesn't... Didn't have to be that way, right? Didn't It didn't have to... You could have had a great film without it without being... Without having a, to abuse your cast. Right. Or particularly... Yeah, the woman on your cast, right? Like, yeah, there's a difference um, between like hard work, long hours, and like abuse. psychological abuse. Yeah, right. yeah. So anyway, well, just in honor of Shelley Duvall, I thought she, Shelley, I thought she was fantastic. I was so proud of her in the end for getting yeah, her the, kid out of there. The kid was fantastic too. the The kid who played the Danny, like I, I thought he yeah. was really good. You know, I thought like his ability to like when he looks around and he kind of makes these actions. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, kid actors are good, right? But but yeah. I just thought for 1980, you know. Um, Great. So that was so part. That was one of the creepiest things was seeing his face when he's like, you know, yeah. like the stone yeah. cold like yeah. child. So so here's a Shelley Duvall and the actor that played Danny, which I actually cheers don't have on any of my notes. So Danny, actor, Danny, well his done. name is Danny. Uh, Danny Lloyd. Danny Lloyd. Oh well. There you go. Well, to Danny Lloyd and Shelley Duvall. So, okay, we're down to the last couple questions that I always ask okay. you. Uh, but the final question before I ask you is when he was saying red rum and he saw the image in the mirror, did you know what it, yeah. that it was murder backwards? I did because I heard that in like elementary school or something. Okay. In fact, yeah, I... Because your teachers wrote red rum and then they held the mirror up and you're like, murder. Oh, well, yeah. I didn't learn. <laughs> yeah, I learned about it in our kindergarten class um, when our teacher was like, we're going to teach you backwards letters. Um, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 
No, no, no. Actually, where I saw this is this will make creepy out a little bit. Brace yourself. We <laughs> went braced. on vacation um, at a at a beach house in South Carolina, and I remember going into the laundry room of this beach house, and somebody had taken chalk and written red rum in big letters on the wall in the laundry Weird. room. Weird. I didn't know what that meant, but then one of my friends was like, oh yeah, that's murder backwards. It's from the movie. And I was like, oh, that's fucking weird. Um, and nobody got murdered on our vacation. So that's super we weird. Did, but we again, that good. just goes back to like the iconicness of red rum. Yeah. Um, okay. So, okay. Well, spoiler, you knew what red rum was. Uh, <laughs> so we talked about, we talked about, was it scary already? You told me already, you gave me the, the lowdown on that. Um, yeah. we kind of talked, I mean, we kind of talked at, at great lengths about it. Um, but, but, you know, what was your favorite part? What was your, like, you know, was there something you, that you just really loved or hated? Um, you know, I get to but, choose but, anything. I can choose yeah. anything from the movie. It was my favorite part. Yeah. I loved when the kid, Danny. Yeah. makes it out of the window and gets to slide down the hill of snow. That looked really fun. <laughs> that looked really fun. Like, I agree. Wow! that's great yeah like what a great escape like if i'm escaping a murder that's the only way that i want to do it is down a hill of snow and i know that yeah. we live in hawaii and we don't often get snow but right snow what i mean snow i snow exactly what you mean <laughs> that was my favorite moment i'm sorry if it's okay. not what our listeners were going for look, look, i mean that's a great it, moment but... honestly I, I think i did go wee i don't think i did but in my yeah. mind i did i definitely um, did yeah okay well one to ten on the scary meter uh and then mm. and then would you recommend it to the haters like what's What's yeah. this rate? You know, we we've kind of run the gamut. I think the highest one was what six or seven so far, okay. but you know, you've yeah. seen a couple since then. Yeah. So going into this, I thought that it was going to be a big challenge because it's an iconic film, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, am I going to make it through? Like, I'm going to be terrified." It it didn't give me the heebie. It didn't give me the like no fear. Jeebies. Like, am I going to survive this movie? Yeah, no I wasn't jeebies, gripping no with fear. No heebies, yeah. no jeebies. I would say it's probably about like a. Four might be generous. Okay, a generous that's, four. I think, and I'm also trying to put it in the context of the time period. Right. Well, and so I think that that's what I, I'm we're coming to realize a little bit with some of these older movies, right? Particularly, yeah. I think this one, something that's not considered an iconic um, movie such as this, is that it may not rank high on the scare meter, but right. if it's well made, yeah, it will still stand the test of time. Um, yeah. Which I think this one did. I think that you you go in with the lens. And, and, and you go in knowing what it is um, and you watch it and you're like, okay, like I appreciate the movie for what it is. Uh, I appreciate the cinematography. I appreciate mm -hmm. the score. Mm -hmm. Did it scare me? Not really. Um, yeah. But, but I think that we'll, we'll continue to find that there, you know, and, and in future movies, this one, I honestly don't even know how scary this was to my mom 25, 30 years ago. Right. So, uh, but there are movies that'll come up that, were scary when they came out that you know we'll see yeah. maybe maybe yeah. they'll hold up better or worse maybe they're probably not as well made um but were they scarier we'll yeah so i'd say like in 1980 it might have been a nine or a ten maybe but in 2023 maybe. it's a four yeah. yeah yeah lots of f-bombs for a 1980 film and lots of yeah like, that is true intensity. a lot yeah. yeah i did was not a huge fan of the treatment the husband to wife treatment when he's saying no. like get the fuck out of here i was like yeah rude that yeah, was he, rude and uncalled for. And there was part of it where it's like, yeah, especially, you know, when he really started cracking up, like he was just kind of more of an asshole than he was like a scary psychopath. But yeah. Um, anyway. So would I recommend it? It depends. 
Okay. It depends. I think if you are like, if you're a person who's like, um, I need to experience like the cultural icons yeah. and it's like, uh, like you want to be able to understand all the references to this movie and, and appreciate it as a work of art. Yes, you should watch it. If you're not a scary movie aficionado and you don't have two and a half hours to kill, I would say maybe not. I, I didn't particularly enjoy yeah. the experience. Like I wouldn't watch it yeah. again. I'm glad that I did so that I can like check the box, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like intrigued enough to rewatch it. Like that I would sense. for some of the other movies we've done. That makes we've sense. Seen. You know, unless you're really trying to look at like old vintage horror, you know, it doesn't bring a lot to the table. But yeah, mm-hmm. I could see why you would say that. Okay. okay. That's fair. That's fair. Like, I'm yeah. glad I watched it as well. I don't know that I'm going to watch it again for the rest of my life, which is hopefully <laughs> a long time. Um, but, but you never know. Next time I do a scary movie Friday night podcast um, with my, my next friend, uh, <laughs> With um, Stephen, with Stephen King. After, yeah, yeah. Uh, after you're so scared that you leave the show and, and I have to bring in someone new. Uh, I'm just going to slide down a snowbank on out of here. Yeah, and then just know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm glad, well, I'm not glad that it didn't scare you, but I am glad for what that means for next week. Oh my gosh, okay. So leading into next week, uh, here's the part where normally I would present a theme and, and pick three movies um, and give Sam the chance uh, to choose from them. But I'm going to do something similar, uh, but different. I'm going to present a theme with one movie and let Sam choose that movie because <laughs> that movie Gee, is, is out in theaters. Uh, I watched the preview for it and was like, Oh my God, I have to go see this. Um, and I honestly, I wish I could do this for every movie, but I saw it and I thought, Man, Sam Sam has been saying that he hasn't been scared yet. Uh, I think it was last episode that you were like, you know, I kind of have this buildup and then I never actually get scared. And then The Shining comes in at like four. Um, Yeah. So this one, I watched the preview and I was like, oh, this is fucked up. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I think it's already gotten a pretty high Rotten Tomato score and it hasn't even released yet. Uh, So... I'll give you the information. I'm going to read you the okay. synopsis so that you have the there opportunity to choose it from the selection of one. Uh, but then I'm pulling an audible and we're going to go see it in theaters and then we'll come back and talk about it. Uh, oh, yeah. If you survive. Are you excited yet? I'm very excited. And let me tell you, we had discussed doing this, going to the theater to see a movie off air. So anytime that I get like a, a movie trailer advertisement or something on yeah. TikTok, I immediately swipe away. Because I don't because you don't want to be spoiled, yeah. And I feel like TikTok knows that I'm looking for this because it's like I'm gonna, we're going to show you all the scary movies that are coming out right now. And I feel like there's been at least three that I've seen, but I That's I don't want to spoil it, so I swipe away really quickly. So I have no idea what's coming, what you picked, or what it's about. Yeah. Well, we'll see how this goes. I think it'll be fun. I think I think as our listeners hopefully have figured out, maybe we don't get to watch these movies together, or at least thus far haven't gotten to watch them together right which is nice because then we don't have the opportunity to talk about it until we get in the studio to talk um but that also i think it's a fun change for us to go see it together yeah um do a theatrical version too yeah theatrical version loud big screen have some popcorn i can hear every scream if sam covers his eyes (laughs) i can be like stop that um you know we can take a photo uh post it to the instagram if i get scared maybe Maybe okay, as long you. as your boyfriend doesn't get jealous, he yeah. won't. He'll understand. Yeah. 
Uh, that, that makes sense. You're my um, scary movie Friday night friend. That is true. That is true. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a good time. And then maybe we'll, we'll, we'll try to record a quick reaction or something afterwards. Uh, yeah. With all that lead up, maybe okay, I should okay. tell you what I'm the movie is. I'm dying to know. Dying to know. Um, you will be dying to know after we see the movie. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so the next episode, we are going to watch Evil Dead Rise. That is Have one of the heard... TikTok things that I swiped away from. Yeah. Have you heard so... of anything about the Evil Dead series in your life? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I first so. of all, I, I do want to disclaim uh, disclaimer rise. That's not a word uh, for our listeners, right? Depending on when when this is recorded, when the movie is out, the movie may no longer be in theaters. So you may not get the opportunity to see it with, with us in theaters. We don't even know how long it's going to be in theaters. Uh, but by the time this airs, it may just be for rental. So you may just have to, you know, uh, pretend you're in the theater watching it with us. Um, you know, but th- but that's just that's just part of you know delay in recording, I guess. Um, so Evil Dead, I'm not going to go super in depth. We'll definitely go in depth uh, more next week when we break it down. But but it has a huge cult following um, the, that starts back in 1981. So we oh, watched wow. The Shining, right? And back in 1981, the first movie was released um, and, and with a low budget, uh, but launched the career of writer and director Sam Raimi. Which, if you didn't know Sam, which you should, uh, he directed the first original three Spider-Man movies and oh. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Oh, oh, okay. So he's yeah. not all scary movie. Although Multiverse no. of Madness was pretty scary. That's that is, or but horror-y. honestly, that's that's kind of why they picked him, right? Like he brought mm, okay. he brought his like horror into it. Um, and the star of the original movie has been in a lot of the follow-on movies. He's been in. Um, how many of these movies are there? Are they they're all called Evil Dead? They're not. Well, okay. Oh. So I'll give you a, a brief okay. rundown. Uh, so yeah. there's Evil Dead 1981, starring Bruce okay. Campbell. Uh, Bruce Campbell has made appearances in almost every Sam Ra- Raimi movie. He made a guest appearance in all three Spider-Man movies, and he was a guest appearance in Mo- Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Wait, wait, wait. What's this guy's name? I got uh, Bruce I Campbell. Google. Yeah, he was Bruce. Pizza Papa, the guy who punched himself in the face. Oh. And then at the end, he was like, oh, it's over. That's Bruce Campbell. He makes appearances in every Sam Raimi movie because, because, you know, uh, the connection back to Evil Dead, right? So Evil Dead 1 came out. Some years later, Evil Dead 2 came out, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Again, we'll break this down a little bit more next episode as we, uh, you know, give you a little bit of chance to look into it. So you, so you have some stuff, but, but it started in 1981. They've made multiple movies. There's a musical, there's a TV show, Mm. and there's a remake back in, I believe, 2013 that is loosely following of the original. Um, However, this is the next chapter or the next iteration. Uh, Some of the movies are very slapstick funny, but with gore with spookiness this is a hundred percent horror i think that one of the you know when when you watch preview and it puts a something on the screen it was like the the movie that all horror movie fans have been waiting for and i was like oh my god we're gonna watch it with all that said and done uh the next movie we're gonna see in theaters is evil dead rise starring Alyssa sutherland lily sullivan mia chalice gabriel eccles anna marie thomas uh, and then here's the synopsis so Sam can choose this movie because it's the only movie that he gets to choose from. A woman finds herself in a fight for her life when an ancient book gives birth to bloodthirsty demons that run amok in Los Angeles apartment building. 
there's nothing like a pregnant book that gives birth to demons to make you sleep well at night and eat a pork chop. That's that's the worst add-on I've ever given to a synopsis. <laughs> Wait, why a pork chop? I don't know. I don't know because they're bloodthirsty. I don't know why a pork chop. I, you know, I. It's, it's fine. Just, Sometimes non stuff that makes no sense is the best. Well, just when you're burn. hungry, when you're when you're pregnant, as a book, right? Oh, you right, give birth right. to bloodthirsty yeah. demons, and you are hungry. And you know what? Sometimes you just want the other white meat. You just Sometimes want some pork. You just want some pork chop. You know, it's the fun. bloodthirsty demons probably want a, a rare steak. Maybe a, mm-hmm. a burger, uh, but the mom, which is the book, wants a pork chop. I don't remember who wants the pork chop. I've lost anyway. So, so I'm sure that you have a um, a way to put a light spin on this, Sam. Oh, I was waiting for the the additional details and the synopsis. I I don't know why I expect synopses to be so long and detailed because every time they end, I'm like that. What, what's well, because well, what they I feel like they either spoil the movie. Well, yeah. Or they don't give you enough. I don't want that. Um, okay. So ancient book. Mm-hmm. I like so this I we've got a very scholarly cast of characters here, right? Yeah. Um and but it I I don't understand uh how it's giving birth. Is there somebody like a witch or wizard who's like casting some spells? Is there like a Melisandre thing going on? Or well, it probably, is the book yeah. alive? Mm-hmm. Well, As I think that probably at the beginning it shows a scene from the past of someone, you know, making sweet love to the book, um, oh. so they can be impregnated. I, that, I that's that's not actually what happens, but I I knew you'd appreciate the perversion. I mean, um, who knows? Who knows? We don't know true. what's in this movie yet. <laughs> okay, yeah. so I, I have an idea. Some demons. Yeah, and for our listeners out there, um, if you've seen any of the Evil Dead movies, you know the book. It's the same oh. book. Oh, so this um, book is part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Okay, does it always live in an apartment? In, in, in I even LA? think that this book might have had a feature moment, uh, like not this book, but I felt like one of the books in Doctor Strange looked a lot like this book. Anyway, sorry. Oh yeah, the uh, yeah. Uh, what did that that book had a name? The um, the Darkhold. Yeah, I think it it's mm. it reminds me of this. It's but this is a uh, I could you know what I'm gonna tell you. It's not a no. I'm not. I'm not gonna tell you. Okay. You can't know what the book is. They're gonna That's tell you in the movie. They're probably gonna tell you in the first ten minutes anyway. Okay. Yeah. I want. I, I don't want any additional details. I just want to I'm get there and and find out. Okay. It Blood sounds fun. Demons. Sounds whimsical. Yeah. You know what part of LA are we in? Who knows? I mean, Probably my brother the, lives the in part. LA. Yeah. The good my part is in LA. Yeah. So in an apartment building, right? So she's there with her friends. There with her neighbors. They get they get a couple drinks. They uh, you know, they make a pork chop they get or to two. Experience the you know birth of, of book their demons, yeah. which is probably, probably a, a rare have... occurrence. Again, it's, you know, I like to think of this movie that I haven't seen yet, but just based on the preview, the preview is pretty in depth. And so, you know, it starts out um, kind of fades in with this nice, relaxing music. And it's oh, a yeah. bunch of friends sitting around and they're, you know, it's like a baby shower and, and the, the, the mom book is opening gifts. And they're like, oh, thank you. Oh. I really wanted this. This like onesie um, for for my bloodthirsty demons. And then someone else is like, oh, look at this. It's a George Foreman grill for your pork chops. You know that they love pork. Yeah, it's it's so nice. And, you know, games like she's she's drinking some orange juice while her friends are drinking mimosas. Right. Because, you know, she can't drink. Um, But, you know, they're getting a little tipsy and they're having fun. And then they start playing cornhole and hopscotch and uh, (sighs) tetherball. They had a tetherball court. Don't know why. Um, and then it turns a little dark 
and you hear a scream and then you realize, oh, it's just, it's just childbirth, man. But yeah, it's a pain mm-hmm. of bringing a new being into the world. For the record, this, this is probably just a metaphor um, because they say that childbirth is like giving birth to a bloodthirsty demon. <laughs> That's what they say. That's what my mom said when I was born. It sounds like it's just um, a show, a movie about the beauty and elegance of bringing new life into the world. Maybe yeah. taking some life out of the world in TBD. TBD. But, TBD. Yeah, I think it sounds yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. It's going to be joyous. We're going to have some popcorn. Mom. We're going to get some candy. I'm going to get a soda. I might even get a bon me, depending on what theater we go to. Some wow. of the theaters here have bon me sandwiches. I don't know. Uh, bon me hot dogs. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'm going all out. I don't even know how long the movie is. I actually don't even think the movie's that long. I think I had it down here somewhere. It doesn't matter. We're going to watch it anyway. All in um, one go, too. We're not going to split it up. No. Okay. No well, falling asleep. No. If you better not have fall to Fall asleep? Yeah, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, okay. I'll come prepared. Okay. We won't diapers. have the giant thing of Diet Coke. Um, we will... By this time next season, we're going to be sponsored by Depends, so that you can watch and pee at the same time. <laughs> same time. <laughs> what are we Never even talking about this? This episode. I don't know, but nonsense. I do think I do think I have a decision. Oh, you have? Oh, okay, okay. I know that it's a hard one. I've thought long and hard about this, and I'm just. I think there's only one right answer, and it's okay. to go to the movies and to go see Evil Dead Two. What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> evil dead rise that was well done. rise did you do that on purpose you're like evil dead yeah. too i forgot um, what it was called what does evil the rise dead. mean uh rise up rise up you know hamilton rise it's because it's oh, because okay. the evil dead watched hamilton the book um, is actually the constitution of the yeah, united states yeah. okay that the book yeah exactly evil dead rise up evil dead rise i think maybe we should close out <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's it's probably about time. It's time. So, uh, so for all our listeners that are still with us, God, I hope uh, they've all signed off. Way they're like, okay, Evil Dead Rise, cool. I sign out. This episode uh, mirrors the shine. This is what it was like to watch The Shining. You're like, yeah, exactly. Are we there yet? Uh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. We okay. have 45 minutes We've left. Made action back. Uh, <laughs> thanks for tuning in uh, to Scary Movie Fright Night. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going with this Team Chris, Team Sam thing because I think it's fun. So if you enjoyed today's episode and our hashtag Team Chris, uh, leave us a five star review and tell us which, if any of the Evil Dead movies is your favorite. If you've seen any of them, which you know, if you're Team Chris, hopefully you've at least seen one of them. If you're hashtag Team Sam, tell us whether we, tell us whether you heard of it or not. If you've heard of Evil Dead, uh, let us know. If you haven't heard of it, let us know. And uh, if you, you know, if you have seen them and you're hashtag team Sam and you're like, that's why I hate scary movies. Well, then let us know that, too. Um, and just, you know, in case you don't know, you can follow us on Instagram where we'll post some fun clips, bonus content. Maybe we'll post a picture of us at the movie theater. Um, and the link to our Instagram page is in the episode description. I hope you enjoy your popcorn and some Evil Dead Rise. And we'll see you soon. See you next time. Scary movie. Fright night friends. Okay, everybody, grab your popcorn, grab your M&M's, grab your britches, because Sam's about to pee his pants. That's right, hold on to your britches. We are about to walk into Evil Dead. I don't think, I was trying to remember the last time I saw a scary movie in theaters. I don't know that I've ever seen a scary movie in theaters. The last movie that Sam thought was scary in theaters was when he saw Bambi in theaters (laughs) back in 1975. (laughs) That was really scary. Do you know what happened to his mother? 
All right, what, what's your, what are your predictions about Evil Dead Rise? Death, destruction, gore. Oh. We've done Megan, we've done Cabin in the Woods, we've done Candyman, we've done The Shining. How yeah. do you think this is gonna rank in terms of scariness? I'm gonna predict that Sam is gonna rank this a 10. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, friends, we're going in. See you on the other side. See you there.